As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, welcome to episode 139 of The True Crime Couple. I'm Kay. And I'm John. Well, really, this is our Scary Stories episode six. This is our yes. sixth time we're doing this. Isn't that crazy? I love it. I I feel like, because we've been doing a lot on Patreon with uh, all of the movie stuff, so I feel like I'm like in that mode right now, even though these are real. Yes, we've so. been recording, well, we did the 31 Days of Halloween Challenge where we watch a scary movie every day in October. So I've been recapping that on Instagram, but we've been kind of going over our thoughts on each movie. So we're up to our 18th movie, second episode on Patreon. So if you want to hear about that, you could go check us out and maybe, you know, this is the future of us doing a scary movie podcast. In addition... Yeah, John is not for starting a second podcast. And listen, I know it's a lot of work, but I've just so enjoyed talking about all those scary movies. And I think it's pretty cool. No, it is cool. And honestly, I, I would love to do it. I'm not against it. I also have the perfect name in mind. And I think I just want to like get the name out there that, well, I can't say it because then I feel like someone will take it. But I just want to start a podcast. Another, I'm just excited. I just love talking about scary movies. That is like a dream to me. The research here on the true crime end is so intense that maybe that would be a release. I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting myself into too much work. Maybe. But you know what? I bite you off never more kn- than I can chew. Exactly. But you never know what the future brings. True. Very true. Maybe I'll have like in a one day soon have like an extended maternity leave where I'm able to like delve into that aspect. It's a possibility. You never know. So scary stories episode. John is a big scaredy cat. I am. <laughs> so you've got like crazy things coming your way. But first, I just want to do this. Turn the light off. No, you turned my light off. So now, Guys, no. <laughs> now it's completely dark in here. Okay. We record in this like bizarre like nook that's supposed to be a tiny office in our house. But we have it completely covered up when we record. So it is pitch black in here right now. All we see is the computer screens. I I don't like what you're doing to me right now. Right. Why do you do this? I love it. No. It adds to the ambiance of it all. All right. All right. So our first story comes from Mariah. Mariah was so nice in her email. So thank you so much for binging the podcast. She recently found us and is now like caught up to everything. So she said, I'm going to give you guys a story by the time you get there. So She sent this in. She sent us two stories, but I think the second one I'm going to use for next year's episode. Okay. Because they're both really, really good. So here is our story from Mariah. My story takes place in Indianapolis, which is my hometown. This was a few years ago, around 2017, when I was graduating from high school. At the time, my sister was my go-to car ride since I didn't have my license yet. And she is the funniest in the family, so we would always ride around with the radio up and the windows down. One night, she came to pick me up from my boyfriend's house, which is located in a small neighborhood in a higher poverty area. It was not uncommon to see people roaming the streets, have people talk to you when you're driving or walking or stopped at a light. However, this night, my sister and I had a different experience. Literally down the street from where my boyfriend lived at the time, right after my sister picked me up, we had not yet determined our playlist. So this meant that my sister was slowing down her car in order to find the perfect song before we headed out onto the non-residential streets. We've all been there. 
we have. When we were slowing down, I noticed a woman on my side of the car. She was in a long, flowing white dress, which was odd since it was a chillier fall day. I could brush off the clothing as someone going to a photo shoot or maybe even dressing up for the day. However, when we got closer and started to pass her, she began walking into the street. She was so close to my sister's car that she moved over for the woman. At this moment, with the windows down, we heard this woman in the calmest tone, still looking down, state, help. My sister kept driving as she hadn't fully processed yet. And then I looked at her and asked if she had heard the woman. She said she did, and she thought she said help. I looked into my rear view to see if the lady looked distressed at all, and if maybe I could call my boyfriend to have his family come out to help her. But when I looked back, she was gone. I had chills. I asked my sister to go back around the block, and when we did, we went down the street slowly looking for the lady in the white dress. But she was nowhere to be seen. That's bizarre. You know, I have have heard of like that taking place, but this is the thing. And I'm sure you'll agree with me when you're driving or when you're walking down a street or something and just something just doesn't feel right. Get out of there. Not just get out of there, but like, you know, it's not just something that like was your imagination or, you know, it's something that your mind created. You know what I mean? When you get that feeling that's around you, that this is a very odd yeah. You know that you just witness some sort of apparition spirit, whatever. Right. Yeah. There is a lot of stories of like ladies in white, especially asking for help on the roadside. What's unique about this situation is it was a residential street in a very highly populated area versus like usually you hear about it on like um, a winding road through the woods. So Sometimes that's even scarier, the fact that something's happening with all these people around. Yeah, because think about it. If you're driving, you see that person, you hear them speak that, and then you look back in your rear view or you just look back in general and no one's there. There's no way that they could either walk back from where they came from or walk across the street without seeing them. Yeah. So, yeah, that's insane. And they both saw it and the sister even swerved to avoid. So, Right. That's another thing. You took action in the road. Because she was there. Correct. So Mariah goes on to say that for the next few weeks, they were like just looking up news articles to try and see if like anything had happened to a woman in the area, but they couldn't find anything. So she said, I assume maybe she was just a lingering spirit. However, we always wonder what she could have needed. Now we look back and always say, of course, me and my sister just had the luck of being on a haunted street in broad daylight. That's insane. I mean, there's no other word. Like broad daylight. Yeah, broad daylight. You know, you know, sometimes it could be, I mean, I'm not an expert in it. And as I'm telling you this, I'm literally getting like the goosebumps on my leg right now. (laughs) Um, I, I feel like sometimes it's not necessarily the place. It's also, you know, could it be an item? It could be a home. It could, well, be, could just be the people. It could be anything that's, you know, it could even be something that's attached to somebody else walking down the street and that's what's there. I mean, there's so many things and so many people have yeah. so many like scientific explanations, but that is very creepy. I do think it's, um, we always think we're safe in the daytime. So when things unnerving happen in the day, it exposes us and you feel extra vulnerable, I feel. Well, it makes you question what else is out there, doesn't it? Very true. Okay. So our next story comes from Chris. And this intro made me real life laugh out loud. Okay. Like a real LOL. (laughs) He said, hey, guys, I'm Chris. You're Kay. And he's John. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So Chris is here with us right now. This is a short story, but it has some long-term effects on me. When I was about four or five, I'm 50 now, my parents were looking for a babysitter. This is perfect because it's Halloween and it's babysitter season. It is. So my parents were looking for a babysitter for me and my little sister. We went all around the neighborhood interviewing possible candidates. One couple were older, but they had a police scanner I was fascinated with. I wanted to have them as my babysitter so bad. There were no kids or toys or anything to play with there. The police scanner just amazed me. I knew that that was the place I wanted to stay at. 
Eventually, my parents ended up deciding to go with an old lady that lived in a trailer that didn't smell all too great. I begged them to please let us go to the other place with the older couple. They said no, and I remember being so sad. Well, anyway, a few weeks later, my dad was reading the paper, and the place I wanted to go to ended up not being good. The husband shot his wife and the kids that they were babysitting and then turned the gun on himself. No way. Yes. Are you serious? It could have been him and his little sister. Chris, that's crazy. That's a crazy story. So 45 years later, he he says, I still think about it. I wish I had more details, but I think my parents kind of sheltered us from what had happened. Like they didn't really give too much detail into it. But he liked the police scanner and he could like... If his parents would have listened to him, that would have yeah. been them. Well, I'll tell you what, Chris. I guess your parents must have gotten a vibe from maybe the, the the husband enough to the point where they were like, you know what? Something's not right. I think it's time for us to look elsewhere. Yes. You know? So, you know, if anything, I guess that your parents had very good intuition. I think so. And I think, and that's very interesting that you bring that up because we're going to have another story where a parent, again, trusts their intuition and it protects their children. Oh wow, that's interesting. Wow, so there's a theme here. Yeah, that I didn't even I didn't even realize, but I agree. I think your parents probably got a vibe from the couple that were like, I don't know if we want to send our children here, especially if they gave you the smelly trailer lady. Yeah, think about it. they picked <laughs> the trailer lady over that couple for a reason. For obviously. a reason, <laughs> and we are we are. It's very sad what happened to the woman and those children, but we are very happy that you are still with us, Chris. And we appreciate you and your funny intro. (laughs) Okay, so the next story we have comes from a listener, Joy, who lives in Ohio. You're not going to like this one. Well, first off, hello, Joy. Thank you for your story. (laughs) Hopefully it doesn't scare me too much. but uh, It will not bring you joy. Well, Joy, I'm still glad you gave us a story. (laughs) Okay, so she says, I have a really large family. We're blessed to still have our parents with us, and I have five siblings. We're all married with kids, and I have the least amount with one child, but my siblings have no less than three kids each. So it's a lot of people, and we live all over the country. So we have a tradition every Christmas that we have to be together. My family is really into Christmas, thus my name even being Joy. So we always pick a location, a large house for rent, and we all meet there for Christmas. We set up a tree and we bake cookies, and it's really special for all of the cousins. It's the one time of year we all get to be together. I mean, that sounds great. It actually sounds like your perfect Christmas. It's I, this is my dream Christmas, and this is why this story shook me to my core, because that is actually my dream Because my mother and sister live in North Carolina and we live in New Jersey. It's so hard to do that drive and so expensive to fly during that time. And it's such like an awkward short flight that I feel like it's not even worth it. It's more inconvenient to fly there than it is to drive there. So I always kind of suggest, but it's very complicated because my sister has um, like a modern family where she has a stepdaughter and and then they have obligations with her mother. So we never are able to kind of like make this work. But I always say we should just meet somewhere. And what's the middle place? Virginia. And that's where this family goes. Seriously? Seriously. Wait, I just want to show you this location. Look, it's it would literally be where we would meet. Wow. That is pretty cool, though. So maybe we could use this house. No, we're not doing that. Nope. Nope. I knew that's where this was going. But let me tell you the story. Okay. 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 So, and she just as a side note, she goes, this has caused drama because my husband's family hates it. And I just think it's a really cool thing. And I always do invite my husband's family, but they always decline. So anyway, four years ago, we picked the mountains of Virginia. This home, I can't even call it a home. It's a manor. A crazy big manor. 
She goes on to say, I will send the Airbnb, but I would prefer you not share it because I don't want to deter people from going because it's probably the most gorgeous place I've ever stayed and the host was amazing. So I shared with you the place this morning. Yeah. And it's gorgeous. Oh, yeah, it absolutely. It is huge. So just to go over kind of like the way that it looks, this is a 10-bedroom 15 and a half bathroom insane mansion and don't worry we won't we won't share we're not going to share it but it is it is gorgeous and it is just isolated and perfect for all four seasons that's what it looks like no it really is it's got five stars it's incredible so i could see why they definitely picked it because they do have such a big family so they have to stay there so When we got there, we all greeted each other and the guys started bringing in the luggage to all of the rooms and the women were unloading the groceries into the cabinets and refrigerator. We got stuff ready and all of the cousins were playing outside. So this place is remote, like single unpaved road for about a mile remote. And we were surrounded by woods and the beautiful mountains of Virginia. It was really the perfect location for Christmas. So props to my sister-in-law for finding it. But as we are all working to get everything set up, hanging decorations and setting up the tree with the lights so the kids could just come in and put the ornaments on, all of the cousins come running back into the house. And it's broad daylight at this point. Another broad daylight story. So she's saying this is around 2 p.m. And they said they heard someone calling to them from the woods. A man is telling us to come into the woods. Uh, excuse me? I am not going to do that. This is, ah, no, Joy, no, no. So we all look at each other. um, And my brothers, my brothers-in-laws, my husband, they were all like, oh, hell no. So they went outside. Like, who is trying to get our kids to come in the woods right exactly like they were thinking like oh, we're gonna protect our kids all right we're gonna put some boots to asses right. right okay so they go to the edge of the woods and they call out into the woods yelling to leave the kids alone who are they threatening them but they're getting no response so all of the men kind of go out into the woods to search and see if they could find anybody Now, while this is all happening, she's saying we're watching from the deck, the back deck with the kids. So there was this massive deck and behind the deck is floor to ceiling and very high ceiling windows behind us. So we're looking out into the yard and there has to be about an acre between like the house and the wood entrance. So like the the husbands are really far away. Okay. So the wood, the the edge of the woods is very far away from the house, but it's alone. So like I'm just pulling this up. See, so they were standing here. Okay. And they're all the way by the woods. That's kind of. I mean, that is far. You could tell it's. That's a big distance. And scary. And scary. So th- did they see anything, or would? I'm oh, sorry. I they just heard someone. They heard someone okay, they heard in someone. the woods. The kids, so the backyard's kind of on like a slope. Okay. So they were like going down a hill with their like sled, like plastic sleds. That's really weird. I would not stay there. I can tell you right now. I know. I had I to ask for so leave. many more details from her because I'm like, this is insane. I would leave. I wouldn't even be able to like say, oh, I'm going to lock the doors. No, screw that. We're past locking doors. I would be out of there. And what's scary to me about this is like, say a, a parent is watching from the deck and something happens by the woods. Like that's a far distance to go run now. Yeah. You can't do anything about that. Like if someone was You'd to come out to and like, right grab there. your kid. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. So they go into the woods and they don't find anybody. And she's saying it's all very unnerving. So all the men came back and said they couldn't find anyone, but they wanted the kids to stay close to the house. So she said, we took shifts watching the kids from the deck from that point on. When the kids were called in for dinner and to decorate the tree about two hours later, 
it was noticeable that something was off with all of the kids. Okay. And we had taken shifts watching them. So we knew that we knew that nobody was calling from the woods anymore, but each person that was out there cuz all the guys took turns being out there because it was cold and she said the women were cooking. They said the kids were being weird while they were outside. They were being quiet and whispering to each other. So finally, I asked what was wrong. And the kids said, are you ready for this? Oh, no. Yes, I'm ready. We hear people calling us from the woods. There's a kid crying and a dad, because I guess they don't know what else to think. They don't know who else to make this man. Yeah. And a dad telling us to come play with the kids in the woods. But you guys weren't hearing it. That is the scariest thing I've ever heard. Or one of. So the kids were whispering because the adults were out on the deck not hearing it. Not hearing it. That's weird. But you know what? I believe them 100%. Yeah. Even though they're kids. You know why? Because they say that kids are very susceptible to... Bizarre happenings. It we'll put it that way. It seems like whoever this was wanted the kids in the woods. Kids to hear, Come yeah. play with the other. And they heard kids crying in the woods. Yeah, no. So, oh my God. So, no one knew what to say. From that point on, the kids stayed inside. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, they seemed fine once they were inside. But needless to say, we were all unsettled for the five days we had to stay there. No. Nope. We were actually too weirded out, embarrassed to say anything to the host, but we still always talk about what was in those woods, and the kids all stick to their story about what they heard, and at the time, the oldest was 13 and is now 17, and he would never lie about this. After that, my daughter started sleeping with a nightlight. I mean, that's really scary. The fact that I'm actually, oh my God, I'm getting goosebumps. I can't even talk right now. Like, look at this house. No, I, I, oh, I know. Guys, the house is gorgeous. Like, if there could be a house version version of the Shining Hotel, like, that's what it is. <laughs> Everything inside is, like, beautiful pine wood. You know what the worst part about this is? The story is that what do I always tell you that I always wanted? A cabin in the woods. Yeah, like, 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 this. like this. Like, it's nice. Like, viking appliances like this is gorgeous look at that master bedroom with the windows yeah they have like the triangle peak windows like your typical cabin in the woods kind of look so cool it is gorgeous but now i don't want that but now the woods seem to be haunted well i'll tell you what joy look i don't want it i i I, that's it yeah no that's the the edge of the forest. That is so creepy. With the mountains. Oh, my God. I mean, it does look cool, though, but breathtaking. But, uh, yeah, it could also be breathtaking when I die there. Yeah, or or they take your kids. Yeah, That's what it sounds I, like they want it to happen. I don't, I don't want to go there now. I know there's more. No, there's no more. That's that's it. But oh. like, look at how perfect that location would actually be for all of our families to come together because it's the middle. But you know, I do love my nieces too much to yeah, ever do anything I, I to them. I was just going to say, I mean... <laughs> I don't want them to cry. Kay likes to just go into areas where there's activity and think it's cool to go there. I do not. I think the opposite. But, you know... Well, that's, like, dangerous. Dangerously terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Joy, thank you so much for that. That was a good story. Terrifying. Yes. Absolutely terrifying. So our next story comes from Christina. And this is a story that she says, I feel like everyone will be able to relate to this a little bit. All right. So last spring, I was home alone. My husband had taken our daughter out for a daddy and me day. So I decided to clean the house. No rest for mothers ever, she said. So I had my headphones in and I was actually listening to your podcast while I was cleaning the house. So we were accompanying her in her clean. Hell yeah. (laughs) And we were also here for this experience. Cool. I feel like the house needed some air. So I opened the windows. And this is something that my husband usually hates when I do because we have the heat on. It was still early spring, so it was still cold out. When I was running around, I kept thinking that I was hearing something going on beyond the podcast, like beyond my headphones. 
in an hour, I must have taken my headphones out five times because I kept feeling like I was hearing something. So I brushed it off thinking that maybe I was hearing a passing car and because the windows were open or my washer machine was on that I was just hearing other things. Like she kept trying to excuse the sound she was hearing. She said her washer machine was running in the basement. Okay. Also, basement washing machines are terrifying in in of themselves. Have you ever had that experience? Was your washing machine in my basement in my house growing up? Yeah. Same with me. Yeah. That's the worst. Especially when your dad would go, go downstairs and grab all that stuff and bring it up. And I'd be like, no, I'm terrified. And then I'd be like, Grandma, please stand at the foot of the stairs and watch me. Well, I didn't have that. Uh, she would be like, I would be like, Grandma, you still there? She's like, I'm here. And I'm like, all right, yes, don't move from there. I need you to. I need to know that you're there at the top of the stairs. That's really adorable. Yeah. Because what I had was my dad turn off the lights on me and then shut the door. No, never. That's what my no. dad. I grew up traumatized. My grandma Jean would literally stand at the foot of the stairs and never leave until she saw me, and I would run. Up the stairs with the clothes. <laughs> Haven't we all? Yeah. I was running up the stairs. That's a loyal grandma. Oh, she was fantastic. She was. She was the best. Yeah. So she was trying to like write off the sound. So she thought they were maybe cars passing or the washing machine running. I don't know what it was, but I felt very uneasy. Like something was there with me. So the windows in my living room are really high. So I have to use an extender with a microfiber rag on it to clean it when I have to get to the top of the window. And when I do that, I need to extend my arms completely up. So my arms were raised. And when I brought them down, I swore I saw something out of the corner of my eye to the left of me. So I turned to look quick. And to the left of me was also a mirror that we have on the wall. And in the mirror, I saw the face of a man. And when I quickly went to look to my right, to look in the location of where this man was standing based on the mirror, there was nothing there. Ooh. So my heart was pounding. And I have to admit, guys, I had to turn off the podcast. We get it. Trust me. Don't worry. We get it. Yeah. My heart was pounding and I was scared. I don't know if this is connected, but later on while I was watching TV, I needed a break after that. I had forgotten that I had left the windows open upstairs. I guess because I was so freaked out, I didn't want to leave where I was. But my husband texted me that he was on his way home and I remembered the windows were open. So I went upstairs to shut them. And I was jogging up the stairs and I heard the window in my daughter's room slam shut. And these aren't the kind of windows that could do that. Yeah. So if I was in your shoes, I would have literally stayed downstairs on the couch, huddled away from everything until someone came home. I probably would would have waited on like the outside porch or whatever. Yeah, something. That's really scary. It's very scary. It seemed like there was a lot of activity all at once. Right. Right. So I want to let you know that you're not alone in that because I can tell you for a fact, and Kay knows that I am not kidding. Um, I'll share my story quickly. Um, I had so many experiences with things in my house growing up. So I know I've told you know my story before, but I, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. I'm just going to say that I know what it's like when you keep thinking that you hear something and you're not really sure because you had something like like headphones on. Right, also, right. the whole peripheral thing, I've had that happen so many times to the point where I know for a fact that it definitely was something and it wasn't just like, you know, uh, you know, you, you know, so many people write it off. Oh, yeah, you know, you had something in your eye, uh, you know, oh, it's right. nothing. It's like, no, I know for a fact that I saw something dash away or dash forward or something. So like I know what it you're was. not alone was in that. Yeah, you're not alone in that. It's weird how everyone's stories are very closely related when it comes to those kind of things. Right. And I feel like there has to be something to that. Like it, you know, it can't be everyone's lying about the same thing, right? right? There's something, you know, going on. Very creepy. So Christina said that she told her husband about it when he got home. 
but that he didn't really believe her. And I'm sure a lot of people are in that same boat as you. She said, but I know what I saw and I know something was there that day. I just don't know what because it never happened again. It's creepy. Interesting. It's very creepy. And, you know, sometimes it, that's just the way, it, uh, you know, things happen. It's right. just unexplained. So the next story we have is from Pat. Pat from Staten Island. So in June of 2006, there was really bad floods in upstate New York. One of the larger companies' premises was damaged, and they moved their offices into a closed hospital in Sydney, New York. I took a position as a security guard. My first assignment was in the unused hospital. Not bad, I thought. The first night there, another guard was with me. The second night, the 3 to 11 shift, I was alone. So kind of, I guess you could say, abandoned hospital 3 to 11 might be creepy. Creepy didn't even begin to describe wandering around the deserted hospital, thinking of all the scary movies I had ever seen. There were no weapons made available. All I had was a walkie-talkie to speak to the main guard at the office at the original plant site that was temporarily housed in a trailer. So there's not even someone else in the building with him. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Can we, like, I would just be like, can we just have, like, two people? (laughs) You know, just two people in the building at all times? Yeah, can I have a partner? Yeah, the partner wouldn't be bad, right? So adding to my angst was a back door I found unlocked. And I couldn't get it locked. But it gets better. So that means people could have gotten in. Right. So there could be people in there. There, That is a problem, too, with, like, these unused places, especially when there's unlocked doors. It's like homeless people could come in. Yeah, you get some squatters. and Right. Yeah. So there had been a nursing home in part of the third floor, which also had a door that led to an outdoor patio, which gave me a little comfort. So there was a way to get out. As I was walking through, I heard a beeping sound. They had numerous rooms with computers and other office equipment in them. So I checked them all, trying to figure out where the sound was coming from. There was an area that was the old nurse's station. And the console was there. And it was the call bell system. And one of the rooms was lighting up. Like someone was doing the call button. Oh, damn it. I would walk right out of there. Maybe run. So he said, I beat it. Good. I went back downstairs, called the office on the radio, explaining what had happened. The response I got was, oh, yeah, no one can figure out what that is. We call it the ghost. Great. Just what I want to hear. So he quit. Good. He quit on the spot. Yep. I told him I was coming up to drop off the radio and quickly left. There was some drama with the woman who hired me and the supervisor, but I didn't care. I was grateful to leave and not look back. I completely agree, Pat. Get me out of there. It's what everyone should do in the beginning of every horror movie. Quit. Leave. Don't investigate. Well, I think what makes this one even worse than maybe some others is because there is there is an element there where it could be somebody. The doors open. You can People can be in and out. Yeah, there's a real human aspect here, and too. Where... Yeah, sorry. Oh, no. I don't want to interrupt you. No, I was going to say, so you have a human element to it. And then you have the fact that there's things that you can't explain. Well, and that's pretty bad, too, because guess what? You are in a crazy amount of supercharged energy. You're in a hospital, a nursing home. People die there. There's a morgue there, most likely, because it's a hospital. These are all check marks to just get the hell out of there. Yes. And then Pat says, a few years later, I was with some friends just shooting the breeze And one of them was a nurse that had worked there when it was operating. And she said she knew the story of the call bell. And we both agreed it was creepy. No doubt it was a wire or something that had been faulty. But that's not much comfort being alone in a big empty hospital. Said that was 16 years ago and I've still got goosebumps writing it here. That is so scary. Yeah, no, it is. And you know what? Even though it could be a faulty wire or something, the, the bottom line is when you have a place like that, there has to be residual energy or residual something to, uh, you know, that that could be causing something. Uh, yeah. Even just the feeling like you're being watched or you're not alone, that's the worst. So, 
whatever it can be explained or not explained, regardless, I wouldn't want to be there either, man. Yes, I completely agree. I think that's so scary. Okay, so the next story we have is from Karina. As a Malaysian, I was living in Colombo, Sri Lanka in 2005, and I had been there for about two years already. I had two very close friends, a husband and wife, that I met through my Malaysian High Commission, and they invited me to come along with them to a hotel by the beach. Being a person who loved beach vacations, how could I say no? The wife, Sam, was a diplomat who worked at the Thai embassy, and her husband, Alan, was a British Hong Kong citizen. Sam received an invitation to stay at the hotel for the weekend, and she was given a suite with two rooms, so that was why she invited me. This was a year after the 2004 tsunami hit the southern coast of Sri Lanka, and many hotels had been destroyed. This particular hotel had just finished reconstruction, so they wanted to promote their new resort to the embassies of Colombo, which is the capital city. We arrived there a little bit later on Friday afternoon. After we did our cursory tour around the hotel, we decided to hang out by the beach having our obligatory pinot coladas. Cliché, I know, but we didn't care. And Alan had a cold beer. John would be having a pina colada. That's your fave. I love it. <laughs> After spending the rest of the day watching the waves of the crystal blue Indian Ocean, we headed back to the hotel's main restaurant for dinner. Feeling full and content after a wonderful day on the beach, we walked back to our room and got ready for bed. When we were in the room, Sam's phone rang and it was her mother, wanting to have their usual weekly chats. So I went onto the balcony and gave her some privacy while Alan stayed in the room to read a book. Even though it was pitch black outside, I could still see the ocean glimmering under the full moon, and the sound of the waves crashing was so incredibly soothing. Suddenly I heard some voices coming from above me. It sounded like people were upstairs celebrating something because I could hear the clinking of glasses and someone popping a champagne bottle. The voices sounded foreign, maybe Danish or German. I couldn't tell. Whatever the case, I smiled because it sounded like they were having a good time. After a while, Sam knocked on the glass sliding door of the balcony and gestured that it was okay for me to come back in the room. She said she saw me smiling and asked why. So I told her about the people upstairs drinking champagne and that I regretted not getting a bottle for us to share that weekend. Sam stared at me, her face slowly turning pale, and she asked, Karina, where did you hear the voices coming from again? And I said, upstairs, why? Sam immediately ran into her duffel bag and pulled out some Buddhist prayer beads and started chanting prayers in Thai. And I was dumbfounded because I didn't understand what was wrong. Alan came into the room and asked me why Sam was chanting so feverishly. And I told him about the people celebrating upstairs, and I didn't understand why it was a big deal. With a serious and terrified look on his face, Alan said, Karina, there is no upstairs. We're on the top floor, remember? Get out of here. My heart stopped. Even as I'm writing this, I remember the hairs on my arms and the back of my neck standing up. I couldn't sleep for the rest of the night. Neither could Sam or Alan. We heard the voices all night long. You mean on top of? On top of them. What? Yes. The next morning at breakfast, we asked one of the restaurant managers about the hotel, and they told us the block we were in had been completely destroyed by the tsunami. So that's why everything in our room was brand new, which was why we got to stay there. We moved to an older block and nothing happened after that. So they requested to move rooms. Yeah, I don't blame them. My guess is that there were some tourists who had died in the hotel and those were their voices being heard the previous night while they were celebrating. Oh, my God. Because they died in a tsunami. That is so creepy. Oh, like I really gave me the yeah, chills. Yeah, I'm I'm goosebumped out right now. You know, um, you know, uh, that is The Shining. Yeah, I know something similar happened in in Japan, 
um, when that whole the Fukushima po- uh, power plant and they had that little disaster and like that whole uh, it like ruined a lot of things there. They say that um, months after the whole issue with the power plant and I guess the tsunami or uh, I'm not sure if it was what happened exactly, but there was a natural disaster on top of that. Right. Um, there, a lot of people were claiming to seeing people that have passed. Oh, yeah, people that was were, on Unsolved Mysteries. Yes, and then when I saw it again on Unsolved Mysteries, but they people were saying there was ghosts pretty much getting into taxis and going to residents that were not there anymore. Um, yeah, it was insane the amount of activity that they were having for a good solid couple of months. That's really scary. Like, and everyone was experiencing it. It wasn't just like uh, just one or two people or whatever. It was literally the entire like country, I guess, in certain areas were f- having this happen. People ringing the doorbell, they would answer it. No one's there. Well, you could assume that if you were to believe in the supernatural in any way, that a massive loss of life at one time, unexpectedly, would create high levels of activity. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, so that's why it, uh, your story um, definitely made Karina. me remember that, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. That, so was... that was a great story. Oh, my God. Yeah. Gave me the goosebumps. So the next story we have is from Troy in Michigan. This is not a supernatural story. It is something a little more scary. This is something that I regret to this day. Last year, my wife and I were invited to a wedding. The problem was the wedding was a no kids allowed wedding. And we have a 14 and 11 year old, both daughters. In the past, when things like this would happen, we would normally not go. But this is just after the COVID restrictions had been lifted And to be honest, my wife and I were anxious to just get out. We figured that our daughters were old enough to stay home alone while we were at the reception. It was about a 40-minute drive away, so we thought we would be okay. We told our girls to stay in the house and be good to each other and to call us if anything happened. We had left food, but the girls had always been allowed to order food from Uber Eats. But that's when we were home. So we didn't think that they were going to order food from Uber Eats because we had left food and snacks for them. We made that assumption. Why would they order something? Well, they did. We live in a post-COVID world, and luckily we've kept some of the benefits, like food deliveries just being dropped at your door. I know we have everything set to just be left at the door or contactless order. But something must have made my youngest answer the door when the delivery was being dropped off. I know what the conversation was because I went back to our ring footage after, you know, this had taken place. When my daughter answered the door, the man that was dropping off the food asked her if her parents were home. And I was thinking that maybe they thought I had ordered the food. She told them, no, my parents are at a wedding. Ah, damn, that's not a good call there. Well, she's 11. I know. He told her to enjoy the food and have fun and then walked away. And he looked back once as my daughter was closing the door. While we were at the wedding, we got the notification that there was someone at the door. I watched and heard the footage and was furious that the girls ordered food. And I was so upset that my daughter said we weren't home. I showed it to my wife and she agreed with me that maybe we should just stay through the cocktail hour and then leave because we didn't want to leave the girls home alone with someone knowing that they were alone. I just had this feeling of dread about it. Okay. That intuition again. Yep. As we were driving home, I kept getting ring notifications. As I was checking them, I saw the same man with another taller man walking around our house. That's scary. Wow. Okay. I was, this is like my, that's crazy. When I read this, I was like, no way. My heart was pounding. I was panicked and my wife was driving. So we used her phone to call 911 and then to tell someone there was people outside of our house. I called the girls on my phone and told them, told them to get knives and go into the upstairs bathroom and lock the door. They were terrified. And so were we. We had the girls call 911 so they could be on the phone too. 
By the time we reached the house, the police were there and searching around the house, the perimeter of the house. At this time, the girls were also on the phone with a 911 operator. We opened the door for them and they searched the whole house, finally getting to the bathroom door. We had been so scared and what should have been a 40-minute drive was more like 25, but it still wasn't fast enough. I wish we would have never left, but I'm grateful that the girls were okay. That is terrifying. So the police showing up must have scared the, scared them the guys away. Yeah. The men were caught. I mean, how dumb could you be? And the Uber Eats was very helpful with police. The one man had a long rap sheet, aggravated assault, attempted robbery, and the other man, the actual delivery guy, was clean. I guess he was staking out houses by delivering to them, and ours just so happened to be perfect. We have the girls in therapy, and I'd be lying if I didn't say it was traumatic for all of us. Uh, We just want them to be okay. Sorry I'm not the best storyteller, but that's my real-life terrifying tale. That is so scary. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, listen, by could the way, you, you did. Yeah, no, you did well telling the story, by the way. Um, way better than I could have ever. <laughs> so I'm um, just be like, oh, my God, there was yeah, people. Yeah, <laughs> I am the worst. Um, but no, honestly, that is um, the fact that you felt that something was going to happen or yeah. could have happened. I, I mean, is, is insane. It's just like when they really do say like it's like parent, uh, parent intuition is so strong. It's like, True. you know. Because, of course, you never go anywhere. The one time that you do... It's what happens. Right. Exactly. Could you imagine, though, if they didn't have the ring footage, they wouldn't have known that? Oh, yeah. And I don't know what would have happened, but that's actually terrifying. Yeah. But to be a parent and know your kids are home alone and you're not there and you're trying to get there, I can only imagine what that feeling is. Like With such a sense of dread, you can't do anything. It's, it's, it's hopelessness. You can't do anything. And it's good that the police reacted as quickly as they did. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. That's making me not want to order food now. See, I can't go on vacation out of Virginia. I can't order food on Uber Eats now. I'm terrified. You can't go to a hotel in Sri Lanka. You can't do that either. I'm sorry, John. It's all right. You can't go to abandoned hospitals. Well, I wouldn't want to go there. <laughs> but no, it's okay. Guys, I love all your stories. So it's totally fine. Okay. So the next one. Oh, this is also something you love. The movies. Ah, oh, damn it. All right. This story is from Mia. When I was in college, I worked at a movie theater, an easy job, a dream job, actually, because I loved going to the movies. I know some people think it's strange, but I enjoy going to the movies by myself. I feel I can get completely immersed in the movie. Ever since I started working there, I would always hear stories about different ghosts or weird things happening because it's a very old movie theater. I never paid attention to any of it. So going to a movie after a shift was a favorite thing to do of mine because one, I loved being alone and two, it was a great way to unwind. Now I know this was a really long time ago, but when the first Annabelle movie came out, that was, remember we saw that, that was my 25th birthday. We went to see Annabelle. That was good. So it was like eight years ago. I I went to the movie after I worked a late shift, so I figured it'd be the perfect time to go because the movie had been out for about a month and it was the last showing, so hopefully I'd be alone because I liked being completely alone in the theater. I got popcorn, totally stale at that point, and a soda and went into the movie. As the credits were beginning, someone walked in, a girl that must have been around the same age as me. I turned my head when I saw the door open and the girl chose to sit a few rows back, but kind of to my right. I watched the movie, which was so good. The first Annabelle is actually really scary. It's really good, too. Um, And I felt her there behind me the whole time. When I went to leave after the movie was over, and at this point it's after midnight, I got up and I realized there was no one behind me. So figuring she must have left already when i left the theater i went to go talk to the guy that was closing up he was waiting for me to see the movie so i wanted to talk to him about it i mentioned that it would have been really scary if i was alone so i'm glad that girl showed up and he kind of froze what do you mean he said i told him that there was a girl behind me and he assured me that no one bought a ticket after me 
the records show that I was the only person to have bought a ticket for that movie. And he thought maybe she snuck in. So we went back to watch the cameras. There was no one there. At one point, the door swings open, but no one was in the hallway. So I think I saw a movie with a ghost. Oh, my God. That is crazy. And you know what I love about this story? The fact that everything is, like, corroborated, like, the ticket, the the, the footage. Like, if she had none of that, no one would have believed no her. No one would ever have believed her. Like, if that guy wasn't like, no, 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 we didn't sell yeah, any like, tickets. Yeah, what are you talking about? And then they... Ooh, that makes it worse. Oh, my God. She watched uh, Annabelle I, with Annabelle. I literally have goosebumps everywhere. Damn it. You guys are unbelievable. I mean, I would have to say this might be the best year yet. This, they were all terror, absolutely terrifying. This was good. Holy cow. Well, guys, now that you've scared me like half to death, I don't know if I can sleep tonight. This is good. And we have a movie to watch. Scary uh, movie to watch yeah. tonight. I don't think I can go to sleep tonight. Oh, you'll be fine, John. Don't worry. I'll, I'll make it. I'll be all right. <laughs> you'll be okay. All right. Oof. This so, is good. Yeah. That, that is the end of our scary story episode. We hope you really enjoyed it. Um, and I love doing these. These are like so wonderful. I love being able to talk. And if you sent in a scary story, please know that we had over 50 submissions. So I'm getting back to everybody. And we might be using your story for next year because it came in a little bit later. So please just hang tight and I'll get back to all of you. And those of you that submitted your stories, we're going to be sending you your Amazon gift cards soon so you can enjoy that and get something maybe for Christmas. Hopefully not yeah. in uh, Virginia haunted woods mountain cabin. Yeah, don't do, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> All right. Until next time, guys, don't park next to vans. Bye, guys. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.